Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. San Antonio District Judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Jasters, what's up, guys? John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, my God! Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Well, in the immortal words of our late friend and UFC producer, Bruce Connell, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it is Monday, October 8th, 2018. Episode 174 of the Anik and Florian Podcast. Not sure, Flo, I've ever been as happy to actually have a podcast as I am today because needless to say there is a lot to discuss my lord what just happened what happened it it was crazy man um what a weekend uh what an event and at the same time with everything that happened this is something that's extremely rare in this sport although I'm not surprised we know you're not surprised and anyone who saw your tweet and retweeted it uh knows you're not surprised I'm not sure this is the episode, if you have kids listening, that you want them to hear, unless they love swear words. I haven't decided yet whether or not I'm going to raise my kids in a household in which we swear or if we're going to go the more (laughs) standard route in which we don't. Anyway, I digress. Um, Red Eye last night, we are ready to go today, and we wanted to bring Ray Longo into the show off the top because... He has a lot to say about this. I got to think, Ray, welcome in, uh, that you were grinning ear to ear, at least as this fight was going on, as your your guy, Khabib Nurmagomedov, made it look relatively easy there against Conor McGregor. Yeah, I think, you know, look, man, enough of the bullshit. Stop with all this hype. Just go in and fight, man. I mean, look what, what what's happened with this. Look where this has progressed to, you know what I mean? You know, I like the quiet guys that... You know, they, they, they just go in and do what they have to do. I don't like the carnival barkers and then they go in and do absolutely nothing. So, you know, look, I think how many times is this guy going to trick us at this point? You know what I mean? I mean, they gave him a 40-year-old boxer who, yeah, he was probably the best pound-for-pound guy, but the guy was fucking 40 years old. I mean, yep. he got – he gassed out hitting the guy. He wasn't even getting hit by the time he gassed out. You know, then, you know, you saw what happened with Nate. You saw what happened now. He's – I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this guy keeps on going. I got to tell you, I mean, somewhere deep down inside, I got to believe 
you know, something is worth more than money, you know, like your character and your integrity and the way you hold yourself up in public. I mean, I, I just really want to believe that. But, you know, Kenny said something that I agree. Like, you can't be surprised at what happened. I mean, they set this thing up for a total fiasco, uh, you know, and I think we got to get rid of the double standard. You know what I mean? This guy seems to get away with everything. I don't know what message they want to send, but... You know, he throws a dolly at the bus, no repercussions, nothing happens. He jumps over the cage, he attacks a ref in Bellator. As far as I know, nothing happens. Uh, he hits uh, Khabib at the weigh-in, tries to kick him in the face, athletic commission, nothing happens. Like, what message are you sending? Seriously, what did, what did they want this guy to do? Sit there, he was a gentleman during the press conferences, he held his cool. He did whatever he had to do. He's been attacked. His family's been attacked. His religion is fought. What do you want this guy to do? How many times can you keep poking the bear? So, you know, my emotional side is they got exactly what they deserved. My rational side, no, of course it was wrong. It's not right. And you should be able to control yourself. But to, to like, again, that's why I say, well, Kenny, you can't be surprised to tell me that you're you're surprised that this happened is is mentally deficient to me. You know what I mean? Should it have happened? No, obviously not. But they, it, it kind of is was set up from the get-go, man. I, I don't know what they want from this kid. I really don't. And, and Ray, at the same time, you know, um, obviously with, with Habib, this is a guy who's from Dagestan. He takes his culture and his religion uh, and his people and his family very seriously. Um, and we can't forget the fact that these guys are fighters. These guys are trained to fight, to use their limbs to hurt other human beings. And when emotions get out of hand, guess what? This is going to happen. We've seen it in basketball. We've seen it in soccer, for Pete's sake. We've seen it in right. football. You get two trained, highly trained fighters uh, out there, and thing emotions are going to run high. Uh, Ray, do you feel like um, this is actually uh, the, the end of the story, though? Because... A big part of a promoter's job is not only making the right matches, but finding the right storylines. And I know this is probably a hot button with you right now, but do you think we're actually we could see a rematch? Do people want to see a rematch? I, I 100 percent don't want to see a rematch, and nothing warrants a rematch. And oh, he, he, and here's the deal: everybody's so appalled at what happened. Can here's my question: to You, if there was a rematch, do they use that footage to promote it? I mean, they use the they use the dolly. So I mean, everybody's appalled. This is horrible behavior. Yeah. I, I'm disgusted. Do they use that footage? Are they disgusted enough right. not to use that footage? Because I'll tell you, you, know what the problem is, Kenny? If Ray Borg threw that dolly through that bus, this fight never happens, and that's exactly what should have happened. Mm -hmm. Conor McGregor should have been suspended a year, and this fight doesn't happen. That's how you eliminate it. And if you set the precedent there. Then Khabib knows if he does something, he's out for a year or two years, whatever it is. But to do nothing and to just watch this guy go about acting like a crazy man and with absolutely no repercussions. And I'm not talking about, you know, what the police are doing. I'm talking about you had company people, people in your company on that bus that were shitting in their pants. What are you telling those people? What happened? Let the cops handle it? How about take a fucking hike? How about that? <laughs> You're on the shelf for two years. I don't give a fuck about the money. Right. You're acting like a fucking lunatic. You're out. I mean, so when, in when, terms of like, Khabib Nurmagomedov, 
I just want to jump in here in terms yeah, of Khabib no, no. and what happened after the fight. <clears throat> and Kenny, you can toss this to Ray, but I want to get to you first on this. Mm-hmm. It seemed to me like Khabib was ready for the fight after the fight and that right. he had said uh, there was not going to be a handshake after the fact. You know, he finishes Conor McGregor. He had to be physically removed from Conor by Herb Dean. He was keeping weight on Conor after the fight. You know, some suggested maybe he spit on him. I didn't necessarily see that. I think it was just emotion as he was talking. And then he immediately turned his attention to Dylan Dennis. Now, I've been roundly criticized for saying that this was calculated or premeditated, and perhaps those words are strong, but I felt like some sort of retaliation or second act was an eventuality. And I felt like if it didn't happen in the octagon or just outside the octagon, it was going to spill over to the streets or the hotel. Uh, Your thoughts on Khabib in that moment and his immediate reaction and ultimately decision to to jump the fence and and fight Dylan. Yeah, and the problem is it it still might happen. It still might happen because uh, obviously um, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that we don't see as well. These guys are going back and forth all the time. um, And, you know, it's not like he went out there and attacked the spectator. This is not this is not right. Of either team to, for this to have happened, uh, I, in no way am I uh, condoning this behavior. But um, a lot of people thought that that was actually a spectator. That you know, spectators got hurt. That was another right. fighter, Dylan Dennis. He's a professional fighter. Uh, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor. He was a top Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor. These guys have been going back and forth. They've been insulting uh, each other. Uh, so. Tensions were extremely high. He turned immediately to Dylan Dennis. I don't know if Dylan said something to him uh, first or if there was something that happened uh, behind the scenes that he wanted to target Dylan specifically. Uh, but, you know, there was retribution that wanted to be laid out. There's no doubt about it. I, I mean, this was not going to end after the fight, and, and it's probably still not over, in my opinion. Right. And the, the other thing is, uh, John, is what I offer up. You, We've seen this guy remain very calm. Under the bus attack, he remained calm at the weigh-ins. He remained calm at the press conference when he was getting attacked. Now you put the emotion of fighting in there, and your adrenaline is fucking pumping through yep. the ceiling. Yep. And that's when the guy lost control. He showed that he, he could do the right thing even when he's getting pissed on. He, he, he proved it. He proved it at the right. press conference. He proved it on the bus, and he proved it at, at the weigh-in. But... After the fight, when those emotions were charged up, so I'm not sure if it was premeditated. I think he he definitely wanted retribution. But I think at that time, when his body was still in fight mode, this is when that shit's going down. I don't think he would have attacked the guy at the weigh-in. I think when he's when he's got his mind, you know, in the right spot, he 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 knew he wanted to remain calm. He was in control. But man, you you. Wait, it's like you come out of even sparring. Your adrenaline, the stories are out of control. You feel great. You're talking about this. Everybody's in a great mood. It's a different different vibe when you're fighting, man. You've got different emotions going on, and there's different chemical reactions in your body. And that's what I think we saw, a guy that couldn't restrain himself. He said it at the press conference, and I believe him. That's not the best me. You know, my father's going to smash me when I get home. <laughs> I think this guy's got some values. You know what I mean? You know, the Conor McGregor saying his father's going to whip his ass when he gets home. You know what I mean? I think this guy knew, but you can't poke the bear that many times. You know, you see those kids, you know, they stick their head in there and they want to make goo-goo eyes at the bear. Guess what happens? They get their heads bit off. That's what happens eventually. It might not happen the first time. 
and it might not happen the second time, but trust me, you keep your head in that cage long enough, you get a bit off. And I think that's what you saw, a guy that just exploded and he was, you know, uh, he was just under a different set of, you know, emotions that were going on in his body. Given the right, given the choice to make, you know, the difference between right and wrong, I think he does the right thing. But emotionally invested in a fight like that at that magnitude, yeah. I think he lost it. And I think I'm giving the guy a fucking pass. I don't Well, and largely that's my and thesis I, I, statement, I'm too. I'm agreeing with him. Why are we talking about me jumping over the cage? Why is nobody well, talking about the other shit that led up to this? There was well, a chance for the UFC to prevent this. I think that's fair, and largely I'm on your side. I, he gets a pardon from me because he's established so much goodwill with me, and he is so respectful and well-rooted. And I do have a lot of respect, Ken Flo, for the culture and how they all stick together. And yep. I think now that Kenny's a father, I mean, we can all say that's the one trigger for us, I would think, right, is that, dude, you say anything or well, actually, do anything, say anything about my daughters? Like, oh, I don't care horrible. if I'm jeopardizing a $2 million paycheck. Like, it's on. So there are certain triggers with certain guys, and I I, do think because UFC security is so goddamn tight and was so enhanced because of the Dolly incident and because the T-Mobile Arena security did so well and Las Vegas PD was all over it, that largely this could have been a lot worse and disaster was actually avoided, you know, thank fucking God. Yeah, listen, John, everybody has a breaking point. It might take some guys one second to break. It might take guys... 20 minutes to break. It might take guys a month to break, but everybody has a breaking point. Everybody. And you're saying the same thing with your kids. Yeah. That's the, I mean, as a parent, there is nothing worse than watching your kids get attacked or if they even right. have, you know, they're hey, afraid to go to the doctor, anything. It's, it's, it's gut wrenching, man. Gut wrenching. And guess what? You know, Connor didn't press charges for two reasons. One, I, I truly think he wants a rematch, but number two, I'm sure he knew that there was a part of him that was out of line as well. You know what I mean? I, he knew exactly what he was doing. He went he went for the jugular vein on on, on a few of the you know comments yeah. that he made. He was spitting venom. He knew it, uh, and I, I don't think that's why he. I think that's a big part of why he didn't press charges. I I agree with you, and that's where I I really I'm going to say look I like Conor McGregor for that because if he would have pressed charges, I would have absolutely no respect for the guy at all, like zero. But the fact that he did do the right thing, look, I think the guy's a fighter. I think he's a martial arts guy, but he's got to he, he's got to balance out what he's doing with the fighting. You know what I mean? This this yeah. shit is. I mean, who's gonna buy into this shit anymore? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, can he get away with this? You know, like I'm gonna smash this. I'm gonna. Die. Of course, you're a fighter. You're going in there to. What do you think you're gonna do? Go in there and dance with the guy? I mean, what do you? I don't even get his 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 shtick anymore. You know what I mean? And Look, he couldn't break this guy mentally. Yeah, that that's the bo- that's the bottom line. And I think when it came when the day of reckoning came in, he just had nothing. I, I didn't see anything in there. Kenny, do you believe you, that not- Connor yeah. chalked all this up to pre-fight hype? You know, there is audio of Connor McGregor saying to Khabib Nurmagomedov at the end of I think the third round, "It's only business," right? And mm-hmm. certainly, a lot of the things he said crossed a line in the opinion of many. You know, right. I mean public opinion really seems split on this but it seemed to me that connor chalked a lot of this up to pre-fight hype and that he would have been willing to bury the hatchet as he has done with nate diaz you know the one i will say like mcgregor 
say what you want about him, but the point I was trying to make, and maybe I didn't articulate it well on pay-per-view, is that Connor in defeat has been humble and has been sportsmanlike to his opponent. And I think he thought that he could get there with Khabib, and, and he was certainly sorely mistaken. Uh, I agree. Listen, you saw the bad blood uh, between McGregor and Nate Diaz, uh, and then the fact that they went into their rematch, and now you hear Conor McGregor saying great things about Nate Diaz, as he should, you know, uh, showing him respect, saying he is going to grant him a trilogy, that Nate gave him a rematch, he's going to do the same eventually. Um, you know, I, I think in Conor's mind, he was thinking, hey, listen, this is business. And at the end of the day, guess what? Habib made more money in that fight than he ever has in his whole career. Probably made more money in that fight than his whole, the rest of his career combined. 100%. It, does that justify the actions of Conor? No. But um, I think in Conor's mind, he's thinking, hey, man, listen, I'm just trying to make this as big as possible, blah, blah, blah. Um, and also there was a part of him that says, I'm going to do my best to get Khabib off of his game, the best that I can as well. Um, and, and that kind of backfired. Here's the problem. Can you do that against Habib? That's probably the wrong thing, right? Now, Habib is going to go and retaliate. Can he retaliate? Sure. But he has to be prepared for those repercussions as well. Um, the same way Connor had to be prepared for all those repercussions. So, um, you know, it, this isn't the end of it, in my opinion. I think we will see a rematch. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of fines levied probably on both sides. I think there's going to be fighters that are banned from certain organizations, the UFC included. Um, this is not a good situation. However, I, I think there's a lot of great lessons that we can learn from this. Yeah, well, I mean, I agree with that. If we can learn something to move on, I think that's huge. But, uh, man, I don't know. I just think it was... It was so expected that it just—I don't, I don't know. I, you know, business. I, I don't like the money thing, man. Yeah, he made more money, but you know what? Maybe this is a guy that didn't give a shit, and he'd rather, you know, pray every day and be with his family and have less money. It's not always about money, man. Mm -hmm. You know, it's—it's it's really not, and that's—that's that's where the mistake is made. I mean, right? How do you? You know, it's like—it's like health. It's like health as wealth. You know what I mean? Like you could have all the money in the world. If you don't have your health, and it only takes you to experience this to realize it, it doesn't mean shit. There, there was and two competing. No, absolutely. Listen, there's two competing philosophies, right? For Connor, yeah, yes, he exactly. loves to fight, but he's going. Listen, I got to make as much money as I can, and that's what he's right. going to do. And then for Habib, he's like, I like smashing people. I, I like, I like yeah. testing myself. I like, you know, exactly. saying that I'm the best fighter in the world. Exactly. Uh, and there were just two contrasting styles, two competing philosophies, and they collided. You know? you know, look, I've had, look, yeah, that that's really what it is. I, I say in the nutshell, you know what I mean? One guy is all about the money and one guy really doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? And he's not willing to sell his, his fucking soul for the money. It's like damn Yankees. You know what I mean? The guy's selling his soul for the money. Will he be happy hmm. knowing that he, he fucking quit in three fights? Is, is that money going to make up for that? Maybe. Not to me, it isn't. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? I, I really don't get it. But you're right. They're just, you know, it's like politics. There's just different views on, you know, what you believe in. And yep. I guess, you know, you stick with the people that are like-minded and, you know, whatever. The, the people that are all about money are like, you're an idiot. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, make the money. You know, don't, they can't even see anything else and that they'll sell their soul. They'll degrade themselves. They don't care. That's not the people that I like. You know what I mean? It's just not. It, it doesn't. And power to him. I'm happy he made the money. I think it's yeah. great. But are you happy acting like a buffoon in front of your fucking son for the money? Your well, son's going to grow up. Your son never saw you win a fucking fight. 
Are you happy with that? Is that what you want? You never saw you win a fight so far. When right. he goes back and looks, and you're barking and you're yelling, you're in the guy's face, you're kicking, you're punching, you're screaming, you're insulting people. That's a legacy you want to leave? Be my guest, man. I don't care. I say at some point there's going to be a day of reckoning, and I hope you could deal with it because right now it's not looking good, man. I think if, you know, I don't know, man. If that's my kid, I'm going fucking berserk. Yeah. Well, no, and I know you have a strong opinion on that, and I think a lot of that was really well put. I feel like Conor McGregor may have some regret this time around. I think he's sick of the legal circus, and even though when he was throwing punches in the fight after the fight on this evening, they were done, in my opinion, in self-defense, right? Zubair Tahugov is coming at you. UFC featherweight is coming at you, and Conor McGregor, let's not forget, he was the competing athlete here tonight, not one of the athletes that was jumping over the fence. Uh, but I do think that maybe this will at least make him think about some of the things that come out of his mouth. I'm not saying he's going to change course, but I don't think he loves this but, whole charade but, necessarily as much yeah. as he might let but, on. Yeah, but, John, the, the question is this. Do you think it's right for that guy never to fight in the UFC and Connor still being able to fight after trying to kill a couple of people on the bus or inflict harm by throwing that dolly? Do you, do you think that's fair? Let's just start with that. All right. Well, you know the UFC cuts my paycheck, but do I think the punishments have been <laughs> oh, consistent? No, you don't have to answer that then. I'm just well, no, no, I'm saying no. Yeah. I mean, but, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you. Uh, I no, think let's the, say, say no. you're on an outsider looking in. Do you think that's fair? Uh, no, I, no, I'll tell you as a, a Zufa employee that the punishments have not been consistent, you know, but I just think right. there are a lot of layers and a lot of hierarchy dynamics and things. And I also think, too, in Conor McGregor, Ken Flo, we have this generational guy who puts our second biggest superstar to shame, at least in terms of monetary value. And I do think that for better or for worse, and I think for most people for worse, this guy is a cash cow that this sport has never seen before and this sport is going to never see thereafter. And I think a lot of people are swallowing some pride and some uh, moral things and uh, cashing on the cow. Yeah, that and and also th that was premeditated. There there was a video of him saying that he was going to go and and you know hurt Connor for those words and all that stuff. I mean, it's tough if you're. <laughs> it's a tough situation, man. That that is a tough situation because again, uh, Zubair is that that's his name. That's how you yes. pronounce. Yep. He's not Khabib and he's not Connor. So the right. fact that he was in there, I, I mean, he doesn't really get a pass. That that's. Okay, so That's in your it. philosophy, if you're the governor and you kill somebody and you're a homeless person and you kill somebody, there's different treatment. No, I, I don't think there's anything to do with it. I, th I don't think he was involved in the fight, period. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I think yeah. they got to I, – I just would like to see it stop and treat everybody fairly. That's all I'm saying. But, oh, look, no. on a lighter note, that real estate agent didn't do that fucking bad, did he? This on is one true. Day's notice. This is I mean, true. Let's, let's, uh, Let's just switch it to him at, at this point. One day notice, train for a three-round fight. Look, Five I mean, rounds. What was that? And, and went, he went the distance. Went the distance. I don't know. No, yes. Ally Quinta deserves and, all the credit in the world, and we do want to spend the last five minutes we have with you on the actual fight because one question we had asked on this podcast was how would Khabib Nurmagomedov handle the walk, the big fight atmosphere, and everything that went with it? Say what you want about his actions after the fight. Everything up until he finished Conor McGregor, in my opinion, from Thursday, September 20th, that first yeah, face-off in New York City, Herb. to Herb yeah. Dean pulling him off of Conor, he handled himself brilliantly. 
he, I mean, he couldn't, uh, he just dismissed that narrative and then some. He made me feel like I wasted a whole lot of hot air talking about how he would handle that moment. And on the other side, I thought Connor looked great all week, but all of a sudden on fight night, it seemed like his color was gone. His confidence didn't seem there. The smile wasn't there. There were maybe some rumblings about some things, some circumstances backstage, but Khabib handled the fight part of this with flying colors and proved that he probably is the best, you know, most dominant force in the game as advertised. No, no question about it. And I got to tell you, when Connor walked in that ring, I was like, wow, I think this guy's actually buying into his own bullshit. I saw a guy that, you know, the day of reckoning was coming very short, <laughs> short, yeah. you know what I mean? And he just, he looked like he was, he knew it himself, but he, he still, he bought into that persona, man. I do believe this guy deep down inside at one time was a martial artist. I think he's around some good people, but you know, you got to stay grounded, man. And I don't know, something, you have to have some core values that you're not willing to separate with. And that's what I would like to see from the guy. You know what I mean? Just a, a total change. You're going and fight. You know, that's what you're about. You're a martial artist, but this other shit is just getting old to me. And I could be because I'm getting old, you know, but yeah. to me, it's just, it's fucking the people I'm talking about. Like, wow. They they knew this for years, and it's just coming to fruition for them. You know what I mean? And, and that that then that's the thing, Kenny. You can make a case for I don't even know where this guy goes down, but you know, two time different weight champ. I I don't even know. I don't know what I'm looking at at this point. Having confidence is such a balancing act as well, because it's the same thing that fuel you fuels you to be successful. But it's very easy to go way too far and believe things and and have your reality skewed to the point where. You know, now now you're just going too far. Now you're not focused on what you actually exactly. need to do with the task at hand. So, yeah. And, that's it's... A, and Kenny, that's a great point. I mean, with all the money and all of this, now he's in trouble. I mean, can he properly train for a fight? Can he make corrections at 30? You know what I mean? And he's got all the money and all of this stuff. Can he go back and get that wrestling down? You know, you know what I knew it was going to be bad when Jordan Burroughs put out a tweet, but saying something to the effect of the guy with the loudest mouth isn't always the toughest guy, something like that. You know what I mean? So that mm -hmm. was a guy that they supposedly brought in, you know, to help him with the wrestling. And yeah, I that they, that they a, wanted to, they wanted to, or something there was talked about. Yeah. They never and did, was, but yeah, that was yeah. a very telling tweet that yeah. guy put out, basically saying it's a crock of shit. You know. Well, I. I do think you're underselling Conor McGregor, the fighter, and even though Habib represented probably the biggest monetary gain for him next to Nate Diaz, he deserves some modicum of credit for taking what is ubiquitously regarded as far and away the worst matchup for him in this division. So I think they're most of the top 10 at 155 pounds, I still think Conor McGregor beats. So uh, maybe we could have a little side wager at some point down the line when I'm no longer employed by the UFC. I think you're selling him a little bit short as a, as a martial I'll, artist. I'll make I'll make you a bet. I said All right, what do you got? May oh, I, yeah, I, I know this, what he's going to say. I, I Wait till you hear this, after the, I said this after the Mayweather fight. At first, I said he'll never win another fight in the UFC, you know, right, to a lot it. of people over here. Now, I'm, I'm just going to change it. He'll never win another five-round fight in the UFC. That okay. I guarantee you. All right. It's well, over. You deserve the right to modify. <laughs> um, all right, last thing before we let you go. Ray had me chase some information, Ken Flo. Okay. Remember the brawl in Nashville 2010 with uh, Jason Mayhem Miller and the Diaz brothers, Gilbert Melendez, Strike Jake Shields, a few different yes. people were involved, right? So, scrap pack. So, the punishments. Ray was asking me what the punishments were as we try to sort of see what they might do yes. uh, with Khabib and other people. So, 
$20,000 fines, nine months suspensions. Uh, but those nine months suspensions will be reduced to three months if the fighters agree not to challenge them. $20,000 fines will be reduced to somewhere between five thousand and seventy five hundred so not much of a punishment at all at least back in nashville in 2010 this was far more viewed bigger circus according well, to some less of one according to others i don't know what they'll do we got to do some research on the holy field and uh tyson fight with the, with yes. the ear bite <laughs> yeah, i ran out of time i ran out of time this morning <laughs> now, look i think i think bob bennett's a great dude man i think he's got he's a man of integrity and i i hope he really looks at all angles of this thing and and comes up with a with a with a, a fast solution. And as far as I know, it looks like nobody got hurt. No one lost an ear. Exactly. That's good, you know. Right. So yeah, Longo just got his feelings hurt, but everybody else is okay. <laughs> Me, I was. I tell you, Longo I was, was on fire today. Jeez, I, I get, was, I was, get nah, the guy I, some coffee. Get him a tea or something. <laughs> Pete's sake, give him a massage. Did I did I miss anything? <laughs> no, I mean I think it's that good. just we about need... covers it. The last yeah. thing I guess. Because Ray and I did the podcast before the podcast by phone today, and that's why we bumped him up to the top of the show as he requested. But if you want somebody to, to make you feel young and keep you feeling young, uh, I would submit to you Tony Ferguson. I mean, can you believe this fucking guy? 14-1 no, in the UFC. Unreal. Probably the I... most exciting fighter that I've ever seen. Uh, and that doesn't even count the three finishes on the Ultimate Fighter. Ray, I feel like he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he hasn't, hasn't even competed for the Undisputed title yet. Yeah, no, he he, a hundred percent deserves the shot at Khabib. That's the fight I would love to see, and that's the guy that deserves it. And for once, I don't care how much money is involved, give it to the guy that earned it, and that guy certainly earned it. Yeah. All right, my man. Have a great day. Thanks for the extended time. All right, take it easy, guys. Thanks, Ray. All right, the Ray Longo Minute every week here on the Anakin Florian Podcast. Support for the Anakin Florian Podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It can be one of the most important purchases you will ever make, but today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. So here's how it works. They check your income, assets, and credit to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then once you have found the one, if rates have gone up, your rate stays the same, but if rates have gone down, you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. So to get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash anik, rocketmortgage.com slash A-N-I-K. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on quick loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. All right, so I promise we're going to spend time on the actual fight, but I kind of feel like we got to clean out the desk, Kenny, when it comes to everything that happened after the fact. So Zubair Tahugov, the UFC featherweight, was involved in this situation. There was another guy, I believe Khabib Nurmagomedov's cousin, who appeared to be exiting the octagon to go try to assist Khabib, and Connor threw a left hand at him. We did yeah. not see that on the broadcast. Otherwise, of course, we would have said it. We called it like we saw it. I pan from Khabib to the octagon, and the first thing I saw was Zubair Tahugov throw and land on Conor McGregor. So there were a lot of different elements to this. 
Tuhugov likely is going to be cut from the UFC. I mean, Dana White essentially said as much. We have some precedent for situations. Paul Daly, Jason High, Jason High, 2014, shoved a referee, was immediately cut from the promotion, and that ended his second UFC stint. And then Paul Daly. It was May 8, 2010. Kenny, we were in the building, UFC 113 against Josh Koscheck, hit him after the horn. Paul Daly has never been back in the UFC. So case-by-case basis, right? And I know some fans would like to see everything in life be fair. Uh, That's just not the way it is, and I think you're probably going to see these things continue to be handled just that way on a case-by-case basis. Your thoughts? You mean you guys didn't see every single thing that happened in the cage with all the chaos and people that were in the octagon? I can't believe it, John. You guys are... Wow. No, listen, what people need to understand is, first of all, there is a lot of chaos happening. There's a lot of things going on in the octagon. Your attention is here. It should be over there or the other. There was a lot of things going on. And you guys don't have the luxury of seeing every single camera angle out there, right? The other thing is this, is that, listen, I don't I don't see it as right either way. But you see a guy who's coming towards you with his hands up. What do you think he's trying to do? Give you a hug, a congratulatory, right, you know, right. uh, hug, you know, after the fight? That was a guy from a rival team who was going over with bad intentions. So what would anybody do? What would any fighter do? They're, they're, yeah. Their reaction is going to be to defend themselves. They're going to throw something at you. So... Um, you know, I don't blame Connor for that. Um, you know, things were crazy. Things were crazy leading up to the fight. Um, I said it before in that tweet. I said, you know, this fight ended the way it began. Um, and it was unfortunate. Um, it it really was. But at the end of the day, man, these guys are fighters. These guys are fighters. A a lion, uh, is going to revert to its instincts. You know, you can't be mad at the lion for doing it. Uh, and, uh, these guys are, these guys are professional fighters. Okay. We can't forget about that. And Habib, if he was going to sort of have some sort of reaction, it was going to be after the business was accomplished, right? He wasn't going to get into any histrionics before the fight and jeopardize the competition. Uh, but after the fact, he had some unfinished business, and I think that's fair to say it was unfinished business. When you hear Zubair Tuhugov come out and say, you know, I committed my promise that I was going to mm-hmm. go slap Conor McGregor, you know. So um, I find it somewhat hard to believe that there weren't conversations uh, in Khabib's army about, you know, what they might do. But I could be wrong, and, uh, you know, that was something that Joe Rogan and I, I know, disagreed on. I think most fans fall on his side, and maybe calculated was too strong a word, but I digress. A uh, couple other things as far as the fight is concerned. So I know you picked Conor McGregor. Uh, I know maybe if you had been able to remake the pick right as the fight was beginning, you didn't necessarily love the visual out of Conor McGregor and some things that maybe we were hearing, but um, overall thoughts on, on what we saw in terms of, of the action, Conor's inability to really get his striking going early, got it going in the third round and, and Habib improving to 27. Oh, what'd you think of the, uh, the mixed martial arts we saw? Well, you know, when you look at the fight, we, we were talking about it. I, I think uh, anyone who knew the fight game said it was either going to be an early win for Connor or a late win for Habib. Obviously, it ended up being the late win for Habib. Uh, we acknowledge, or I acknowledge, that it was a terrible style matchup for Connor. Um, right. I thought Connor's experience was going to be the difference in big fights. Um, I thought Habib was going to be uh, a little bit too emotional, wanting to kill him too much, that would maybe divert from his game plan. That was not the case. Habib uh, was tremendous in how he was timing his takedowns. He was patient. The first round saw him control the action, basically indicate to Connor that 
I'm not going to beat you up right now. I'm going to show you that I can take you down, control you, and keep you here as long as I want. Uh, he didn't throw a lot of pun uh, punishment uh, Connor's way. Uh, didn't land a whole lot of shots in that first round, but he did control him beautifully. The second round, that was a dominant round for Habib. He landed that overhand right that really hurt Connor, um, beat him up with some nice ground and pound, um, really took Connor completely out of his element um, and, and cemented that. The third round, I thought Connor won. There were no takedowns, I don't think, landed yep. for, for Habib at all. I don't think yep. he really uh, attempted many takedowns either that round, but it was mostly on the feet. Connor didn't land um, with a lot of power in that round either, but he did win that round. That was the first round that we've ever seen Habib lose, in my opinion. And in the fourth round, once again, it was Habib with a very dominant performance. We, we know what happened. He took him down again, was able to get position. Um, he ended up going to that neck crank. It wasn't really a choke, uh, but Habib's arms around your jaw, he's going to break that. I, I mean, uh, the guy's so strong from that position. Here's the deal. Uh, Connor wasn't able to keep that center of the octagon control. He was backing up against the cage. That is not where you want to be against Habib. I thought there was a few instances where he was trying to counter with wrestling, something you don't want to do against a more experienced wrestler. I think the approach for Connor should have been for him to counter with jiu-jitsu against the wrestling of Habib. Um, I, I didn't think that was the, the right choice. He was kind of staying in there trying to counter the wrestling. Not against Habib. That that was not yeah. the right approach, in my opinion. Um, I thought he should have showed, uh, shown more variety in that fight. He was really just looking for that left hand. I thought he should have been throwing way more kicks, especially with that left leg going upstairs uh, to Habib. He, throws some, he threw some nice kicks down to the body at the midsection. I thought he should have used that a little bit more throughout the fight. So I think there was a lack of patience. I don't think Connor showed the best timing in that fight. Yeah. Um, he was waiting for Habib to throw that right hand. Typically, Connor goes underneath it with a straight cross, or sometimes he goes over it. Um, just couldn't find his timing that night. Habib was mixing it up well, landing his takedowns repeatedly, and it was a, a very uh, dominant performance for Habib at the end. Yeah, I thought you summed it up beautifully. Uh, Connor just didn't seem to have that extra gear at all, and it didn't seem like Habib at any point you know, respected the power that was coming back his way. I'm going to mix in some of your tweets here at Anik Florian Pod. This one from Dan in Oregon. Uh, John, why did you claim Khabib was tired in the fight? Uh, bad observation by me. I, I misread his body language and his mouth being open. I guess, Kenny, I was just surprised to see Khabib sort of just standing there flat-footed, willing to trade with Conor McGregor. Of all the things I expected to see in that fight, uh, despite everything we heard about Khabib striking improvements and him showing up his defense and everything else, just didn't expect that visual to see him standing there exchanging punches. Well, you know, listen, in the third round, he stopped going for takedowns, which probably indicated that he was reserving his energy or maybe taking a round off. So I don't think you're necessarily wrong about that. Um, when I look at... You know, some of the comments that people made after the fight, though, with some people that I work with at Fox or uh, some other people, it's never it's never as easy as you think it is. Right. And, and a lot of people were saying Connor lost because he didn't have great conditioning. It's not that easy, guys. No, that that's not the way it worked. He didn't lose because he didn't work out. 
because he right. didn't he wasn't oh, on the treadmill. God. Like guys, it's a mixed yeah. martial arts fight. First of all, you're taking away from everything that Habib has done throughout his career. He's a wrestler. He's a guy who takes you down repeatedly. Guess what? That is tiring. I don't care how many miles you've run. I don't care how long you you know skipped the the, the jump rope for. Um, you know how many rounds of sparring you. That is exhausting. Name one fighter that has faced Habib that hasn't looked exhausted. Right, right. It, it's 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 it comes down to technique. You should be looking at technique first. And when I see some of yeah. these professional, uh, you know, broadcasters and stuff, I'm like it was clear that Conor McGregor was out of shape for this fight, and that's yeah. that. Nope. Right. That that's right. not it, guys. Sorry. Right. And I have a lot of respect for my friend and former colleague Colin Cowherd and our former yeah. producer Kieran Portley, uh, who both seem to fall on that side. Conor McGregor was in outstanding shape, you know, mastered the diet and everything else. So I just think it's a an empty narrative, and I just think it's I think it just is such a leap by a lot of people to just say, oh, he must not have been in shape. Just such a fucking ridiculous yeah. thing that I was <laughs> very surprised to hear after the fact. A uh, couple other tweets here. Um, this one from Clyde Richardson. Should there maybe be a redesign, at least partially, of the octagon? Maybe a higher top side, Kenny, to prevent guys from jumping over it? I think there's maybe a visual issue there, right? Yeah. Even though some seats might be obstructed, and when you're on the floor, as we are, you're looking through the fence. Um, some have suggested barbed wire at the top. I can't support that. Bulletproof glass like battle bots. Just, oh. just get the, the whole thing enclosed, and you could see right through it, and that way no one can... No, I mean, listen, yeah. the, the cage is there for a reason. Um, these aren't things that happen all the time. Um, you know, yeah, Just could crazy. they do it? Could they make it more secure? Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. they could put it inside a, a, a safe you know, a, a safe or something, or they can fight inside right. a bank vault. But right. you know that that's that that's not the that's not the answer. Yeah. All right. A couple other things here. This one from Chris with such a great performance. Can you give us three lightweights who could possibly beat Khabib? I think Tony Ferguson has a good chance to beat yeah. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Even though Dustin Poirier would be the first to tell you it's the toughest matchup for him, mm -hmm. I think mentally, physically, he would love to have the opportunity to do so. And Poirier entering his prime, I give a decent chance. Gregor Gillespie is the guy maybe without the number next to his name that I would like to see in there because he he's undefeated, uh, lives about as clean a lifestyle as anybody on the roster and trains like a freaking monster. He's just more of a fisherman than, than a fighter at times, right? But any anybody that you think, Kenny, presents a real challenge to, uh, to Habib Nurmagomedov? I love those answers. I think Tony Ferguson uh, in his weight class, I think that would be very interesting. That guy is an absolute savage. Um, and Gregor Gillespie, because of that wrestling, I think is a good. The other one who's not in his weight class is a Tyron Woodley. And, and listen, I, I think Habib yeah. is big enough where he can go up to 170. I don't think Tyron is small enough to go down to 155, but that is a possible fight that could happen in the future. Um, he has that wrestling background, of course, and I think – Tyron Woodley in the whole UFC, anyone who's in and around that weight class, I think is the the guy that matches up against Habib the best. And people are going to be laughing like, dude, he's not a 155-pounder. Well, that's the closest I can get is right. a guy at 170 pounds who's the current champ. All right? that That's about as close as I can get. And I just want to say, while I think of it, the American Kickboxing Academy, right? I mean, look at what they have accomplished for Javier Mendez and Bob Cook and everybody on down and Zinc and Entertainment, Cain Velazquez, Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold, Khabib Nurmagomedov. That speaks nothing of what Josh Thompson and others have done. But those four first ballot Hall of Famers, 
in Rockhold and Khabib. Rockhold's case maybe isn't as strong as the others, but DC, Kane, Khabib Nurmagomedov, absolutely incredible. And, All right, RJ, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, oh, I, and I was just going to say, sorry, that their ability for recruiting, right? Their ability to recruit top-level wrestlers repeatedly to that camp yeah. and turn them into champions yeah. uh, is nothing short of remarkable. Yeah. Like, if I was going to college and D.C. was the recruiter, I think he could probably get me to go to that school. It's amazing. R.J. Clifford in two minutes. But while we are waiting for R.J., I want to shine some light on Tony Ferguson. And, and while we do that, <laughs> I just want to reveal the bloody shirt is here in my possession. Dude. I mean, that's the back of my shirt, Ken Flo. And for the audio folks, I'm going to stop this real soon because you can't see it. But if you missed it on the broadcast, we actually showed this on pay-per-view. That was a blood shower, right? Unlike anything I had ever experienced. It felt like it was coming down from the rafters. It was all in my hair. Rogan loved the blood on the table. Our makeup artist, Susie, went to wipe it off. And he's like, no, 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 leave it, leave it, leave it. I mean, my Pettis my pet uh. card, I wish I had it here. My Anthony Pettis card was covered in blood. But, dude, Pettis lost a lot of blood. And it yes, was right in front of us. And the momentum was such that with me leaning forward, me leaning forward it all got on the back of the shirt. So we're going to figure out what we're going to do. We're going to get those fighters to sign and maybe give it away for charity here on the Anakin Florian podcast. But far more salient than the bloody shirt, Ken Flo, is Tony Ferguson, six months after a very invasive knee surgery and without the benefit of physical therapy. I mean, you talk about a guy who beats to the tune of his own drum. He handled all of his rehabilitation on his own and came back six months after that surgery and beat Anthony Showtime Pettis. There, there just aren't a lot of human beings that can mentally get to a place that Tony Ferguson can get to, and I think we're damn lucky to have him. There's no doubt about it. I think you tweeted something. He's a treasure. He, he absolutely is. The, the guy is unbelievable. Um, what really made me hesitant in that fight was the fact that Tony was coming off that knee surgery. He was coming off right. a, a terrible knee injury. Um, and I thought Pettis was going to have the speed advantage in this one, and sometimes Tony gets off to a slow start. He got off to a little bit of a slow start uh, against Anthony, and there were some scary moments there, but the chin, the heart, the determination, again, just um, that is a guy who is one of the most impressive and exciting fighters I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Ferguson is an absolute beast. This is a guy who... Um, again, if I were to choose a team that would like back me up, I would choose Tony Ferguson on that team. Yeah. He'd be one of my first choices. Uh, I can't believe what he was able to accomplish in the UFC. You look at his win streak right now in the toughest division in the UFC. Yeah. The, the fact that he has that kind of a win streak shows what kind of a fighter he is, and he did it against a very motivated and dangerous Anthony Pettis. Uh, some people were criticizing, unfortunately, uh, Anthony Pettis for giving up. First of all, that a lot of people who have never experienced a broken hand. Right. He's not out there against just anybody. Do you realize that Tony Ferguson was chasing him down for every second of every fight? If Anthony Pettis was fighting, let's say, a normal human being, okay, <laughs> yeah, right. I would say, hey, Anthony, you know what? You're fine. Just listen. Move around. Dance around. Use your kicks. Use your other hand. You know, Take him down, maybe. Against Tony Ferguson, that was the right choice. If I'm Duke Rufus, you made the right choice. Kudos to you, sir, for protecting your fighter because it was going to get worse and it was going to get way worse. You don't leave your fighter out there with one hand against a guy named Tony Ferguson. Right. 
whatever species other than That's human it. being he may right. be. Absolutely. And as we said on the broadcast, too, we bemoan the fact that more corner men and women don't do this when their fighter is clearly in a compromised state. So yeah. maybe learn some lessons with the Paul Felder, Mike Perry fight, even though I supported his actions that night as well. But um, Showtime Pettis will be back and. And certainly there was a victory within reach for him there, too, as well. Uh, had Tony on the ropes, but the recoverability of Ferguson is absolutely incredible. All right, now with us on the guest line, as promised, Sky have a great deal of respect for uh, as a former pro fighter, uh, just an MMA mind overall, and it's a mind I wanted to pick today. So as such, R.J. Clifford, Sirius XM Radio, joins us live. R.J. Clifford, how are you, sir? Uh, I am doing fantastic, and I've got a UFC 229 hangover I never thought I would experience. What a crazy night. Dude, you were burning off the hangovers on that treadmill all week. That's the vodka, RJ. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the Homer Simpson's line? The fame was like a drug, but was really like a drug was the drugs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, man, are your Oakland Raiders terrible? Oh, you really know how to warm up your guests, Anna. Yeah, straight <laughs> to the jugular, huh? <laughs> uh, look, when I knew that there would be question marks, but when like the two things we thought for sure we'd have in our like like the two th- like the two strengths that we for sure thought we had, and that was sustainability and accuracy at quarterback and a good offensive line. When those two things are falling apart, Anna, yeah, then we know we're screwed. Like I can, yeah. like, it's just too talented of a team to be this bad. I'm just it's ugly so far, but thankfully our audience doesn't give a rip about it. They care about Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov and the fight and the melee and everything else. You know, I still think I'm processing a lot of what happened. I feel like I've seen all the video now. You tweeted some thoughts about what happened after the fight Saturday. Among them, Conor jumped into a cage and slapped a ref and you all cheered. Of course, that was in another promotion. Khabib jumps out of an octagon and hits a fighter and y'all clutch your pearls. Pick one. So I like what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Largely, I agree. Um, but do you care to elaborate uh, on that tweet, if you would? Yeah, I think there's some, some context here. Um, look, I'm going to say a lot of things that's going to sound like I'm trying to uh, make excuses for Khabib, and that's certainly not what I'm doing. But there's obviously a lot of blame to go around, right? Um, Khabib, number one, of course, because he was a spark that lit that powder keg. Number two, I think Las Vegas Metro Police has a lot to answer for. I mean, you're at a giant event. There were fights, at, you know, smaller fights at the weigh-ins before. You knew it was kind of a... Uh, a wild situation. They should have been prepared for something like this. They can't corral one fighter. Everyone in that audience, all 20,000 people in that room were looking at Khabib, and if you can't corral a guy who's heated and jumping over an octagon cage, I mean, who else are you looking at? What else are you doing? That should be what you're doing. And, of course, there's plenty of blame to go around for for Connor, for the UFC, T-Mobile Center Security. Um, A lot of people would be blamed here. But I think the the context here is, look, Connor has done – so many similar things. And so often it was lauded as, oh, he's a master promoter, and this is only going to make the fight bigger, and, and what's the big deal? Khabib jumps the cage wall, and now everyone's acting like it's DEFCON 5. Like, it's, what he <laughs> did was wrong, but there's so much more blame to go around. And, and Connor, he, he created an environment of this, right? Like Jordan Breen did a uh, fantastic uh, breakdown in the Sirius XM post-fight show right after the fight, talking about how Khabib, he's from Dagestan. And one of the most war-torn, uh, just terrible places in the world where there's constant civil war and oppression and just that, that region of the like that, that area of the world is just such a terrible, terrible place to go with so much violence. That's what he knows. And so when you come at him talking about his faith, his father, his loyalty, his culture, his government, you come at him with that, 
they don't know what pro wrestling is. Like there isn't Monday Night Raw in their mind. This is right. this is life to them. And so when you open up that door, you can't be overly shocked when someone walks through it. Again, not condoning what Khabib did, but like like if I get mugged walking to church on a Sunday morning, there's really nothing I can do. If I get mugged leaving a dive bar on the wrong side of town, hammered, <laughs> 2 a.m., walking through a dark alley, bragging about how much money I have in my pocket, that doesn't excuse the mugger, but I, put, I made some bad decisions that put myself in a bad situation, and that's what Connor did. Yeah, and, and he's a trained fighter at the end of the day. Like, you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. wasn't going to sit down and have a cup of tea with him. So, uh, listen, man, this storyline is now even crazier, right? So if you're a promoter, do do you make the rematch? I look back to the Riddick Bowe, Andrew Galata brawl from 1999 or 1996. That was worse than this. Eight policemen were injured. Nine spectators were hospitalized. You know what happened three months later? Rematch. Yeah. So I I am for sure. No, look, Khabib, the best case scenario, I think, for Khabib is that he just gets a one-year suspension from the Nevada State Fire Commission. I think that's, if I'm Khabib, that's the best case scenario. That's assuming there's not other legal ramifications for him. So it's going to be down the line. Um, everything's going to need to calm down before they're going to put the rematch together. But, I mean, this, this fight was put together based on violence outside the cage to start with. Um, who's to say it's not going to happen again? Well, that's interesting. I mean, again, if Habib is punished for this, obviously d- that takes steam out of that rematch. Uh, yeah. Uh, so do you think anything's going to happen to Connor in this? Do you think he gets fined? I, I, I don't know. Um, I, in, in my gut, in my heart of hearts, I feel like even though Khabib is mostly to blame, I think he's going to be the scapegoat here. I think he's going to be punished as if he's 100% to blame. I think Nevada's going to come down on him. The governor of uh, Nevada was in the building. Like, he witnessed this whole thing and had to flee for, you know, he was running away as if he, uh, you know, was fearing injury. So um, I think they're going to come down on Khabib. And they're going to, you know, again, a lot of people are to blame. But I think Nevada's going to come down on Khabib specifically as if he is solely to blame and, and make example of him and say this, we just don't allow this in Nevada. You're going to take uh, you're going to take the meat for it, and you're going to be punished, and we're going to hit you in the wallet. We're going to hit you with a suspension. Okay, so if it is a suspension and it's a suspension for a year, is it inevitable that they strip Habib of his belt, and then now we're looking for a new champ at 155, and Connor's kind of hanging out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, if, if you're suspe- the UFC is all like, look, the, the Nevada Athletic Commission can't strip Khabib. That's it's the UFC's belt, but clearly, like the, the UFC has always stripped champions when they're under suspension, whether right. it's for um, you know other problems or uh, you know performance enhancing drugs. Especially if he's out for a year. Tests. Yeah, they, they they always get they always get stripped. So um, yeah, as if the uh, the 155 pound division's you know title situation wasn't murky enough as it is. I mean, you had right. Connor stripped. Ferguson with the interim belt, he gets stripped, and then now you put Connor Khabib. Connor loses, Khabib suspended, and you got Ferguson fresh off of his murder scene with Anthony Pettis, who, in my opinion, never should have been stripped in the first place and is the best lightweight in the world. So, uh, whatever happens next, it better involve Tony Ferguson, or I'm going to riot. Ferguson Connor, early 2019. That's my prediction. It Perfect. was a murder Perfect. scene, though. Sirius XM's RJ Clifford with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. I want to throw this tweet your way uh, from one of our yep. listeners, Danny, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, but you know, as I've told you to your face, you're a smarter man than I, so maybe you know something about this. 
and it has to do with the the pre-fight talk from Conor McGregor. Does freedom of speech in the United States, and Kenny chime in on this, mean absolutely everything is unchecked? Obviously, in Dagestan, there's a social code outside the law that deals with such levels of disrespect, and I'm pretty sure in the UK, some of the comments fall under the Hate Crime Act for Verbal Abuse. Any insight on that, RJ, and, and just general thoughts on if you think Conor McGregor will be reined in whatsoever when it comes to what comes out of his mouth? Well, with what happened specifically on Saturday, I'll, I'll, let me address that, and then we'll get to the bigger picture okay. after. Fighting is the one sport where this shouldn't happen. Like, all the trash talk that goes on, you eventually get to get your paws on the guy who's talking trash to you. Like, Khabib beat the crap out of uh, uh, Conor McGregor for almost 20 minutes. Like, that should have been the comeuppance. That should have been it. Right. Like, all this trash talk leads to that moment. You talk trash in tennis, what's the resolution? Oh, I beat you in straight sets. So what? I mean, that's why the ultimate fighter on paper was the perfect reality show when it first came out, because all reality TV is conflict. And at the end, in the ultimate fighter, you get a resolution. Like, if the real housewives of God knows where yell at each other, someone cries and they cut the, cut the commercial. And the ultimate right. fighter, right. they yell at each other and they fight at the end. Like, that should have been your resolution. That should have been Khabib's vindication for everything that was said to him. He embarrassed Conor McGregor. He, he smashed Conor McGregor. It was one of his own. Ally Aquinta did better against Conor, uh, against Khabib than, uh, than Conor McGregor did. That should have been enough. And yet, for whatever reason, it wasn't for Khabib. So when it comes to bigger picture, I, I, don't, I don't see Conor McGregor completely changing. We have seen Conor humble after losses before. I remember with, with Nate Diaz when they did the rematch. He was still Conor, but he wasn't behaving the way he did when he was like building up to the Floyd Mayweather fight. So I think Conor will self-correct on his own, at least initially. Right. Um, and then depending on whether he wins or loses, uh, it'll depend what kind of Conor we get after that. Uh, RJ, I agree with you. The only problem is that this went beyond just the two fighters involved. It was went back and forth mm-hmm. with camps, with the with the coaches, with the with the fighters involved in both camps. You know, this was this was also bigger than both those guys. And again, if Conor's insulting not only Khabib himself personally, but insulting his country, his religion, I mean. That's what. That's why it got worse, right? I mean, there were other people involved. He went after Dylan for a reason, you know. The yeah, yeah, and and the camps. Uh, I mean, Dylan Dan. It's like there, how many times do we have to say this freaking guy's name? I mean, it, it, how this guy gets involved in all this stuff is beyond me. But it's it's that escalation too, right? Like you said. I mean, it was it was Khabib's like brother and cornerman that did the most damage, right? They were the ones that were, that were arrested and sent to jail. And obviously, um, as, as reported, Connor didn't, uh, didn't press charges. So they were all released, but that they were the ones that escalated all this. Obviously it was Khabib that started it, but it was, it was those camps that had a problem as well. So, um, it's not just Connor and Khabib that you have to worry about in the rematch or anything moving forward. It's, you know, we'll see how selective the UFC is in who they allow around their fighters and around their organization. I mean, all these fighters have kind of a sphere of influence, and uh, some of them some of them maybe shouldn't have quite the access that they do. At the Sublime on Twitter wrote to us, what's your opinion on Conor McGregor cheating multiple times throughout the fight? RJ, I was surprised that Herb Dean was issuing soft warnings or no warnings at all. Conor was able to interlock the toes into the fence without punishment at times. Uh, there was an illegal strike on the ground. Uh, did you Short see scrap. any of that and have any uh, opinion on it? Yes. Um, the fence grabs and the toe grabs, we see that often, right? The, the big egregious one was that illegal knee that Conor threw on Khabib. When um, Khabib was inside mount working the Kimura, Conor threw a knee. 
if you go back, and I know you were in the building, John Anik, the very first Elite XC show in Mississippi, I the main there. event ended because yeah. Enzo Gracie got kneed in the head by Frank Shamrock in literally that exact same position. The fight ended, no contest, because it was illegal, an illegal strike. Do you remember who was the referee in that fight? Oh, was it Herb Dean? Herb Dean. Her- it was Herb Dean. So that was literally the exact same situation, and Herb made the correct call back then. He didn't make the correct call this time. I mean, that was, that was about as blatant as it comes. That was as clearly as an illegal strike as it comes. And he was trying to get out of a bad situation. It wasn't, at least, at least with Frank Shamrock, he was just baffled and didn't know what to do because he was getting held down for, for 10 minutes. Connor was like, holy shit, I'm going to get Kamura'd. Maybe I can get out of this with a knee strike to the head. And, and no repercussions fell out. Fortunately, it didn't end, you know, end the fight in any other way. But um, if you stop and think about it, if Herb would have stopped that fight, would Khabib have jumped, you know, and when it was a no, and it ended in disqualification, would Khabib have jumped over that wall? Would we have gotten that crazy melee? Again, it's right. all a what if and hypothetical, you know, situations, and Herb Dean obviously going to predict what was going to happen. But um, if the right call was going to be made, we'd be having very, very different conversations on this Monday morning. There were some shorts grabbing as well that was going on that was missed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, RJ, final thing. I promise, uh, in terms of a fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson, I think that's the dream fight for most avid mixed martial arts fans and has been really dating to 2015 when Joe Silva told me in a, in a van back to the hotel after Ferguson had beat Barboza that that was the fight he wanted to make. I think that people, obviously, they lean on the recent history and Tony had a great performance, as did Khabib. How competitive do you think a fight would be between those two men? That is the fight of all fights. Um, they've tried to make it four times, and I don't care if it takes another 40 times for them to make that fight. You, you do it. Um, it's very similar to the Brian Ortega-Max Holloway situation where Ortega's like, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take a late-notice opponent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight Max Holloway. That's the fight I want. That's the, the fight the fans want. And oftentimes, like, I always try to look at, look at things from the standpoint of the fan, right? Not from the fighter, not from the UFC, but from the fan. And when fighters pull out and you don't get the matchups that you want, um, sometimes you're like, hey, just, just – Someone give me a fight. I want to watch a fight on pay-per-view this Saturday. Um, but when it comes to really, really big fights like Ortega versus Holloway, you wait. And there's no bigger example than, in my opinion, Tony Ferguson could be Demarcamadoff. I mean, that's one of the best lightweight fights of all time. That is two guys that are the top 10 pound for pound in my mind, maybe top five, um, both in their primes, both at the peaks of their careers, both with two of the longest win streaks in the history of the UFC. I mean, that is, that is the fight. Um, and I think there's no better opponent for Khabib to end his streak than Tony Ferguson. He's about as resilient as they come. Um, and we talked about it, uh, you know, when we were in the gym that Friday morning, John. Uh, all it takes is one takedown from Khabib to completely zap an opponent. And he did it to Conor right. McGregor. He did it to Ed Barbosa. He did it to Michael Johnson. Um, the one takedown, they'll survive. But when they stand up, they're not the same guy. Tony Ferguson and his mutant healing powers is the one guy that can <laughs> get, a t- get taken down, get beaten up, and still come back just as strong. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, that guy, man. 14-1 and one in the UFC. Three more wins on tough, all by finish. RJ Clifford on Twitter. You can find him at RJ Clifford MMA. He doesn't post Ken Flo in his Twitter bio all the times he's on the radio, but I know he's doing a show with AJ Hawk, and sounds like you got a lot of different irons in the fire, my man. Only thing I think I disagree with you on is just your heavy criticism of law enforcement because you're right. There was that one guy, and maybe you do assign one guy to each fighter, but, dude, I mean, they prevented, you know, I'm not saying mass casualty, but, dude, they prevented all serious injury. I mean, the bodies were in the octagon quick. I think all things considered, uh, law enforcement did a pretty good job. Uh, I guess it could have been worse. 
Um, but I think if I, I would be, I would be very, very disappointed, John, if if Las Vegas Metro Police doesn't at least have a meeting about this and say, all right, how can we prevent this from happening next time? If there yeah. isn't some sort of policy change or uh, heightened security or some sort of training, I mean, this should be this should be a wake up call of some kind that this is a possibility with sporting events and not just and not just MMA. I, I, that's that's another thing I'm right. hearing is just, oh, this is, this is MMA. This is so bad. Malice at the Palace in 2004 with fights yeah. with fans. Boston Bruins, New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden in 79 fights with fans. The Miami Florida International game from 2006 when fools were taking off their headgear and just wrecking Oh, fools. yeah. Clint Bauer, Jeff Gordon, 22. Fucking NASCAR it happened. Uh, that's right. NASCAR it happened. Yeah. So, like, let's not pretend this is an MMA problem. I think Metro Police with the Raiders coming to town, they're becoming more of a sporting uh, yeah. you know, a, a, a sporting city, they they need to be prepared for situations like Saturdays. We need yeah. laser guns. Hey, RJ, by the way, we that's like <laughs> the best picture of you I've ever seen How in my life. Uh-oh. I mean, the guy looks phenomenal in this picture. He's never looked this good. So whatever picture you sent us, man, congrats. <laughs> congrats. <laughs> yeah, RJ, whatever you do. I can't see do. what photo it is, but I can only guess. Yeah. yeah, you need to go on YouTube and watch the Anakin Forum podcast on video so you can just see never how, how glorious you look. Hey, thanks for the time, man. Great job today. When are you next on the radio? Uh, Tuesday night. Uh, every Tuesday and Thursday at, from 6 to 8 Eastern, I host, the, uh, I host MMA Tonight with uh, AJ Hawk. And we have a new host coming to the Ooh. channel. Um, I'm not supposed to say who it is, but he's an active fighter that you guys know and respect. And uh, we're, we're very excited to have him. Uh, joining us here in the near future. Nice. All right, you gave us the gender. I'm going to see if I can figure it out by the end of the day. RJ Clifford, thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Alex. All right, a couple other items here, Ken Flo, and then time permitting, we'll get into some of these other performances. You can be sure we are not going to shortchange Derek Lewis, but Chael Sonnen's trash talk to Anderson Silva, Mm. right? I remember being somewhat offended as a guy who sort of was going to Brazil all the time, right? And when he's talking about different things and Anderson Silva, after the fact, obviously didn't retaliate and, and handle things in a much different way than Khabib yeah. Nurmagomedov. Are you able to quantify the difference between the trash talk of Conor McGregor and Chael Sonnen? I mean, Ray Longo told me this morning, he thinks that Conor's just cut so much deeper. I mean, is that the side that you fall on? I would think so. But, you know, listen, they're, uh, there's a lot of pride in Brazil as well. Yeah, uh, and man. there were a lot of people that were very upset about that. Um, you know, he was insulting his family. He was insulting his friends and all that stuff. And yeah. listen, they're two different people. I mean, you hear Anderson Silva talk. He's very soft-spoken. He's very yeah. relaxed. He's very chill. Habib, not so much. He, not so much, you know. And again, when you're talking about, you know, a hot-button issue like, you know, the the cultural the cultural thing and religion you know he's a very devout muslim this is a guy who he never he never drinks you know he's not training during ramadan he takes his religion very very serious very religious man very dedicated family man um habib's just a different dude than anderson silva everyone's a little bit different um and yeah yeah, I, I kind of knew that wasn't going to fly. But I, I wasn't exactly sure how Anderson Silva was going to respond either after that fight. And, you know, I think he actually went down on his knees and bowed to Chael and yeah. was super respect, respectful. So, right. again, everybody's different. Everyone's going to handle those emotions differently. And, um, yeah, that was that. This tweet from My Arms Are Open 
talking about Conor McGregor building up to the fight, just the aggression and nastiness he showed in the build, talking about stomping on, on, on unconscious skulls, brutal. I know he's selling a fight in mental warfare, but it creates a bad taste that boiled over. Look at all the fan brawls also. Things like saying I'm going to stomp on your unconscious skull, I mean, those things to me I, I don't get too caught up in, right? It's the right. stuff that, you know, even Dylan Danis's T-shirt that says, you know, uh, if jujitsu was shit, it would be called Sambo, you know, or just mm-hmm. certain things that are actually picking at specific things more than just saying, you know, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to well, end your life. You know, this is the problem, John, is that this is happening across the board. You look at the kind of hateful venom that is on YouTube comments that you see on social media like Twitter and Instagram. Um, people are very mean. People are very yeah. mean. It's one thing to say something in a joking uh, manner and, and joke around. That's fine. Uh, poking fun, right? But when you're saying hateful things, when you're saying uh, violent things and you're threatening people, that's not cool. And it seems like it's getting worse. And it's happening uh, in the political domain. Uh, and once that happens out there, when it's happening in that uh, arena it's certainly going to trickle down to everything else and it's already been happening it continues to get worse and uh, it, it's something we don't need because once you see that it's acceptable uh, among certain politicians or certain people in political power or, uh, you know it, it, it's only going to get worse and, and that's the unfortunate thing tweet here from Susie Stormborn that's a fun name to say in a Boston accent huh Susie Stormborn Susie Stormborn huh? Susie fucking Stomborn, how long does the commission investigation take? She's probably listening to this like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> he is underslept. Do you think Habib's and his cornermen's punishment may change now that more angles of the post-fight melee have surfaced? Well, no punishment has even been handed down, yeah. but you can be sure they are going to have access to all of the video, and I think for a lot of people it's pretty incriminating. So we'll see yeah. how it uh, all goes down. And then finally here from Dan Spencer, did anyone consider disqualification at the end of the bout? I've seen fights where fighting after the stoppage has resulted in a DQ for unsportsmanlike conduct. I think, Kenny, he's talking about him with Connor, not necessarily what he did outside. Yeah. Um, dude, we had all the chaos we could handle. I mean, could you imagine if all of a sudden Herb did? Like, well, I tell you, oh. I tell you what. When when they were holding on to the belt and they were kind of waiting for the announcement, I said, "Are they going to do this? Are they, are they going to stop? <laughs> Is it going to be a DQ? Oh my God!" You know, uh, yeah, it, it didn't go that route. I, I was glad that they still announced Habib as the winner. That would have been even worse, in my opinion. Oh my I mean, God. the the crowd just would have gone ballistic. Uh, so yeah. Ish. Ish. All right, so we touched on Tony Ferguson and Anthony Showtime Pettis. We touched on Habib, obviously, at length. Dominic Reyes, a big win over Ovin St. Preux. Derek Lewis against Alexander Volkov. Let me start with Volkov, and then we are going to give the Black Beast all the love you want to. Mm-hmm. All Alexander Volkov needed to do was get on a specialized bicycle and run around the octagon for a uh. little bit of time, and he could have changed his life profoundly financially potentially fought for the UFC heavyweight title and talked to his wrestling coach Kenny Johnson after the fact you know you get your athletes so close in a title eliminator to winning a fight on points and yet the fighter in Alexander Volkov uh, made a bad decision and he paid for it dearly I love the fact that he was going forward I love the fact that um, that fighting spirit inside him was uh, propelling him to move forward and try to finish Derek Lewis, but 
you just you, you didn't do your homework, obviously, because Derek Lewis is always dangerous. He's a guy that's so big and strong, and, and he's sneaky fast that if you sleep on him for a second, you'll be sleeping yourself. And yeah. um, you know, he, you kind of had the inclination that it might happen. He was kind of baiting him a little bit. He was playing rope a dope a few times, acting like he was hurt, and he swung for the fences trying to take Volkov's head off and. Yeah, man, what a comeback win for Derek Lewis, man. And Volkov has to be devastated uh, even today just looking back, knowing that he had the whole fight won. And I agree, if he kind of just danced around and kept Lewis on the outside, he would have won that fight. I don't know why he didn't utilize more kicks and more long-range weapons there. I think he was going in for either a hook or an uppercut there, which is Derek Lewis's range, and man, did he pay for it. Yeah. Wow cautionary tale in terms of betting heavyweight MMA dude just be careful with that that's all I'm gonna say crazy but for Derek Lewis man and and say what you want about his cardio and people will and it's not necessarily that he's not putting in the right work I mean I think certainly he could put in more of it but there's never been any denying his heart he's never yep. looking for a way out like other fighters that maybe we've criticized in the past rallied against Shamil Abdurahimov rallied from certain situations in his career, a broken orbital potentially in this particular fight. And, I mean, Hart can close that gap a little bit when the endurance isn't there, I guess. Well, his balls is hot. That, yeah, was, that right. was my favorite right. part. That was my favorite right. That was my favorite part of the fight. Uh, his post-fight yeah. speeches, man, are legendary at this uh, point. Uh, he did show a lot of heart, man, and uh, he entertained during the fight and after, man. Legend. The Black Beast with a big win. Michelle Watterson with a big win over Felice Herrick. Juicy A. Formiga. Vicente Luque. I mean, the night was just going so well. And the next thing I knew, I was calling a brawl and rushing us off the air without even recapping the fight between Khabib and Connor. And I give our production crew a lot of credit in navigating that situation from Zach Candido and, and Michael LaPlante, two guys you know on down. Just a lot of different layers to what we were dealing with on broadcast. And you saw we covered the brawl. I mean, I was doing play-by-play on the brawl for a little while. And then, of course, we panned high and we weren't going to give further acknowledgement to what was going on. I think fans maybe would have liked us to have handled things differently on the broadcast because had we shown replays, we would have been able to address the fact that Connor was not completely innocent i'm not saying that anything he did really was wrong he acted in self-defense but we could have had footage on the air that now everyone has seen anyway of conor mcgregor throwing a punch so just so much stuff was going on and uh i just i can't even believe it man i can't believe that the biggest fight and night in ufc history ended in that way and i think in terms of the sports ramifications kenny my thesis statement really has been that this thing could have been a whole lot worse and yes RJ seemed pretty convicted in thinking that a one-year suspension or more was coming Khabib's way. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know in the fight game if he's going to get that type of punishment or not. But uh, this is just a crazy reality and something that we're going to have to deal with. And without a live event the next two weeks, this thing's going to have a lot of legs for some time, I would think. Uh, I agree. And, and I think there's going to be some punishment, right? There's, there's no doubt there's going to be some kind of monetary uh, punishment. But more than anything else... I, I don't think this is a, a situation where, you know what, people were hurt, um, you know, we need to ban him from the sport or suspend him for a year. I think more than anything else, they, they need to send an example to the other fighters, letting them know that this cannot happen again. And then if you do do this, um, 
there's going to be some kind of uh, heavy repercussion for you. So I think they'll most likely give the punishment in the form of, of money. So Habib's yeah. going to have to, you know, pay out a, a serious uh, portion of, of maybe his paycheck or whatever, uh, which is tough, and, and he'll certainly learn from this, and, and I think other fighters will as well. But um, it, it was just it was a bad night all the way around. And again, for those of you guys who have never worked in television, it is so chaotic back there. Getting the right camera angles, just producing a show is extreme chaos. And when something like that happens, a post-fight brawl happens, um, all hell breaks loose everywhere. So it's not exactly the easiest of things to go and show replays. And you're just trying to figure out what the hell is going on, number one, and that people are safe. Uh, you know, the last thing on your mind is necessarily yeah, getting the right angle to show people where it started and what right. happened. Right. Um, yeah. Just crazy. We were so fixated on Khabib. And the next thing you know, Conor McGregor's fighting off two guys in the octagon. I mean, just when you thought you had seen it all, Bananas. we present to you UFC 229. And that's a wrap on that. We'll be back next Monday, of course. And I'm sure we're going to continue this conversation, especially without a UFC fight recap next week. But we did try to cover every angle. I've slept 90 minutes. I Dude. came home and worked for three hours just trying to put as much information as possible together. I'll leave you with one nugget on Paul Daly mm. because I do feel bad for the guy having never gotten back in the UFC. It was a forgettable moment. I thought he apologized in the right way. He's had 24 pro fights, Kenny, since he got cut from the UFC. He was 23-9-2 after the Koscheck fight, 40-16-2 ever since. So at least Paul Daly has gone on to good things and, and continued to make money. And we'll see what happens with this one. But great stuff today, Ken Flo. You can see him later today on the Rich Eisen Show, I believe. Right. com. Thank you to our guest, Ray Longo, RJ Clifford. We will talk to you next Monday. Again, keep those tweets coming in at Anik Florian Pod. Anything we missed today or anything that you want to challenge us on, have at it. Live television, ladies and gentlemen. We love you. Until next week, for Ken Flo and the crew, I'm John Anik. Have a great week. Yo, later. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.